Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, this is Rob Thrasher. This is Spotlight on Success. What we do here at Spotlight on Success is we look at mostly it's entrepreneurs, business people, but a lot of times, I mean, one time we, we did one in, in print that hasn't gone on the air yet, but we did one just about a, a young man playing uh, for high school uh, football. He's playing actually in the New Hartford area, and we just did a, a little piece on him. And so it could be really anybody that's experiencing any level of success. A lot of times it's business people because it's, you know, we, we tend to focus on analyzing entrepreneurs, but it could be anything, you know, it could be anybody out in town and, and the degree of success isn't really a factor either because, I mean, so a lot of people define success differently. Um, some people, you know, success is, uh, is a local business up in central New York that, that's basically just paying everybody and, and uh, maybe that's their success. Somebody else, maybe it's making their first million, but um, we have somebody here who's well on our way to that. Um, her name's Kate Brodock. She's from the upstate New York area. She is, um, actually, she just recently is, working at her family business, so we clearly have another one of those situations where it's a family of entrepreneurs and um, business owners and whatnot. Um, Kate focuses really heavily on social media, which is one of the reasons we have her here today. Um, Kate, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us. Good. Thank you for having me, Rob. Sure thing. Um, you want to start out, if you just want to do, do a quick intro and talk about a couple of things you're involved in. Like I know I saw that Girls in Tech, that's kind of a cool thing. That's a, that's a Boston group, is that what that is? Well, yeah. Um, Girls in Tech is actually, well, we're international now. And it started out in San Francisco. And uh, it's basically, it's focused on, despite the name, it's actually focused on women in technology. And so the philosophy is sort of, um, empowering and educating and engaging women in technology. You know, sometimes in the technological field, it can be pretty male-focused. Male and this was just a way of, of getting together all those great, you know, female um, attributes together and, the, and really supporting each other and um, making a name for ourselves in the, in the field in sort of a uh, – you know, in a, in a in a in a not in a not combative way. So uh, we we do strive on that. But other than that, uh, yeah, I started out. I've been working. Um, I most recently, as you said, just moved back to Central New York from Boston, mm-hmm. and uh, I am starting to work at the family business, which my grandfather built. It is about 180 degrees from what I was doing. It's a copper wire manufacturing company, but it's, you know, it's a small, small business, a lot of growth potential. It's done a good deal of growth in the past. You know, we've been, it's been in existence for 25 years and, you know, as with any startup, started from nothing, and it's gotten pretty darn, you know, for all intents and purposes, pretty big since then. So, but there's always room for opportunity. So that's sort of um, that's that's really exciting for me, and it's part of the reason that I came back to join is I just saw a ton of potential. So. Um, and then before that, I was working in Boston. I actually started up a small social media marketing firm. So we, 
were marketing strategy, so I, we focused pretty heavily on that strategy part, but we pretty exclusively dealt with um, social media marketing and content production and all that sort of stuff. So, so you, so you um, wanted Cool. One of the things you did then was with the um, the content is you just made sure it was optimized and you had like a key phrase strategy or how did you go about that whole thing? Well, we considered a content strategy a little bigger than that. The idea now in social media marketing and sort of actually in general marketing is creating a lot of content. We generally encourage that that content is free. So that you as a company, you sort of develop yourself as an expert or what's called a thought leader. And basically, you're pumping out content to in you know, primarily online channels, whether it's download, whether it's through Facebook or Twitter, or you've got a blog. You know, there are a lot of different ways you can do it. But the idea is that you're educating people on the field that you work in so that ultimately when they come to a decision-making, you know, a decision-making time, when they actually need to say, oh, I've got this problem they've talked about, gee, I'm seeing these guys, they seem to have a lot to say, makes a lot of sense, uh, maybe they know what they're talking about. So it, that's sort of the, the marketing goal behind its content strategy. Sure, sure thing. Set yourself up as the expert and then somebody downloads your white paper and, you know, you're the first one they call. I've done it myself, actually, looking for white papers. Oh, great. Call the people that, yeah, sure, you're looking for a white paper on whatever the topic is. And by the time you're done reading the white paper, you say, maybe this is the company that actually (laughs) thought about that. (laughs) There you go. Perfect. (laughs) Now, so your family business, so this is actually kind of cool because what we're doing here is we're taking a pretty much, I mean, an older style company, a wire company, copper wire, I assume. And, yep. and, and, and I don't know how many people know, but in the upstate area, there was a pretty big copper wire company that, that folded up a while back. So in a sense, I'm, I'm thinking maybe that helped your, your family business. It did. And our family business sort of grew out of, if we're talking about the same copper wire company. <laughs> um, <laughs> Probably. Sort of, yeah, it was a pretty big one. Yes, we sort of grew out of that. Um, my grandfather started business with his twin brother who used to work at said copper wire company. So oh, it's a, it was a lot of this sort of – actually, he worked there before um, it folded. But a lot there is in the Rome area, there's a lot of expertise and knowledge in both copper and in wire. So – uh, that's sort of where the company started back in 1985. Oh, 1985, so, and you said your grandfather started it. What, what, what can you tell us about that, about his journey in business? Well, he Did he start had, in out of his house? Well, no, this is really interesting. Actually, he was working for Revere Copper. He uh-huh. had quite a business. He worked as... Uh, he was very involved in the community, so he was um, he was at one point the commissioner, the police commissioner. Um, he also was just very, I, I believe he was an alderman at one point, so he was okay. very involved in the community at, uh, during his entire career. And he was working at Revere and very close to retirement. And frankly, I think the idea of retirement 
um, he, he probably said something like, well, what the heck am I going to do with all this idle time? So, <laughs> so pretty much in retirement, he decided to start this company with his brother, who is likewise just out of retirement. So um, uh, I don't know that they started in their garage, because I don't know if you can really do that with a, <laughs> with a copper wire manufacturing plant. Maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. Close. <laughs> you know, they, they, they had very few funds, and they started out getting a couple of small clients and just went from there. And I believe, someone can correct me, I believe it was all done without any loans. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's the problem there. And, and so, we're, so we're basically, all we're doing, and again, like I say, this is a really cool, a really cool case study because you're taking yourself really kind of a, a super technical-minded person, um, whether it's, you know, technology in general or technology in marketing and, and business technology and and, I'm, and, and now, you, now you're working for a wire company, which I'm guessing probably doesn't have any Facebook things yet. No, you're <laughs> And you're kind correct. of starting from scratch. <laughs> you're great. correct. That's quite a task at hand there, huh? <laughs> yeah, it right. is. But like I said, there's so much opportunity. I mean, right now, one of my first big jobs, I'm, I'm just redoing the website. It was right. years old wasn't Mm -hmm. even close to being optimized for anything and um you know wasn't doing its job no one knew if we were getting business off it or or if it was yeah nothing um so we're uh, i'm you know we're redoing it and um i'm really excited for it we're even doing crazy things like blogging um which in this industry is I, we may possibly be the first. Yeah, so, we should look into that. <laughs> Check some of I the know. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I've, I've checked enough of them, and I so far I haven't seen one. So Yeah, yeah um, most of them aren't going to search optimized, that's for sure, no. or have a Facebook page. So that's no, awesome. yeah. So, I mean, that's a great way to look at it. There's just tons of opportunity when you have a company yeah. that really, for the most part. I mean, in a way, though, it's kind of cool because, I did notice looking at the company website, you know, which isn't the worst one I've ever seen. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah, lots of improvements. <laughs> improvements can be made. <laughs> yeah. um, but I did, I, I did notice that in a sense, as a wire company, they're embracing technology because they've evolved into the, um, into the uh, um, uh, what am I thinking of here? The uh, solar power panels. Yeah, that's, yeah exactly. That's a new market we're pretty excited about. I mean, um, it's it's a new market, so you know I think we, along with everybody else, we're sort of trying to figure it out as we go along. And um, and yeah, I think there's a ton of growth. And just in general, I mean, it's something I'm personally interested in. I'm um, I wouldn't call myself a tree hugger per se, but you know I like the environment, <laughs> and so I I love any industry that we can get in and help that has those you know those um, philosophies behind it. So, yeah, I, I, it, it, it'll be pretty cool if we can do a little something in that, in that industry. Sure, sure thing. And speaking of tree huggers, um, I noticed you said something in here about digital activism. Is that the tree hugger in you coming out? <laughs> <laughs> well, not quite tree huggers. So, 
Um, digital, I, the digital hugger? Or yeah, the well, hugger? well <laughs> it's, you know, the, the digital activism, the way that I'm looking at it is, is the use of digital technologies for, you know, either individuals or organizations um, to, to get their voice heard, um, you, you know, any, really, I guess you would probably consider it ad, advocacy. Um, mm -hmm. And really, we're talking about places where people don't have as much of a voice as maybe they should, or it's very unequal between them and the government, or what have you. Or we're looking at places like the most recent, actually the most recent um, example of this is what happened in Haiti. So that's a crisis situation where in Haiti, the, the normal response isn't enough to get people mobilized to do something. Right. Um, so what happened with Haiti is that Twitter actually became, Twitter and um, text messaging yeah. became a huge um, mobilizing factor for mm. people getting connected in Haiti, people in Haiti getting connected to their you know, um, maybe they had family in the U.S. or something like that. But sure. after the earthquake happened, it really did a big job of getting people together, whereas the local media, you know, the newspapers or the radio were just too slow. The infrastructure right. wasn't there. And the response, um, any sort of, you know, medical or um, governmental response just wasn't really – the Twitter ended up being Twitter and text uh, ended up being faster. So that, it's those types of situations that I'm really interested in, and less so from the point of an activist. And mm -hmm. I I really look at it as you know, gosh, if we can figure out really what's going on underneath all this, not just what's good about Twitter, but underneath that, right. what is it about these tools? You know, hopefully right. we can do a little bit more about putting frameworks and stuff around that. So it's pretty cool. No, that is, that is really cool. And, and as a matter of fact, that's a really great tie in there because I, I, you, you having relocated from Boston, there was something in the news that I saw. There, there was a guy, in, I believe he was in Boston, and he actually found out that his daughter was okay through face, her Facebook page. Yeah, I think that was Boston. Just, I, I believe it was, yeah. And I yeah. saw it on the news and I... I mean, I mean, if that doesn't speak volumes toward, like, what technology, the good that technology can be used for, we all know. know all the bad stuff, but, but I, I mean, know. really, if, the, if, you know, any tool in the hands of good people can be, can be used for good stuff. Oh, and I yeah. Mean, when I it's, saw that, that was fantastic. Oh, it's great. You know? Yeah. Um, Although part of what it, we do look at is, is that, like, you know, because all the good people in the world could be using digital technology, but you do have the bad yeah. people using it, too. And they always talked a lot about a lot about you know people spend a lot of time talking about how technology and the internet um, how it could be used as a kind of an equalizing factor for people that might not be able to whatever get out of the house. Maybe yeah. you know they say that the Facebook. You hear how old I sound when I say this? By the way, I call it the Facebook. What am I? Eighty <laughs> years old here? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not the Facebook. It's Facebook. Okay. I do know what it is. I'm on there. And, and but it, so anyway, the point that I was in the Facebook. Hey, uh, hey, all you young whippers, man, just go to the Facebook and see what's going on. No, anyway, 
So, uh, well, the point I was getting at is on the Facebook <laughs> is that people would always say that, oh, it's, it's an excuse to be a shut-in. It's making people not get out and communicate. And I talked with a guy, his name was Ryan Yizak. And by the way, um, I want to do an update here once this goes into record mode and we're not live. So anybody who's listening, come back later and listen to it again because I'm going to talk an update about Ryan Yizak who just did a kind of a, it was funny. It was hilarious spoof about of a Britney Spears video, and he just recently went over. I think he was last I looked, he was at 2.3 million views. And oh wow! He, so he was saying, explaining how he did a lot of that marketing, and it ties in with with Facebook and whatnot. But but it, but his point was that you know Facebook and these things they're not driving people into the house. If people who are in the house who don't have time, or maybe people who are shut-ins, or people who are elderly, or whatever it is. You know, this digital activism thing you mentioned, it really is a big thing. It's a big deal because it's helping yeah. people connect. It's not keeping people from connecting. If anything, yeah. they're over-connecting and they don't know who half their friends are or half of their LinkedIn contacts yeah. or whatever. It's actually encouraging, well, you know. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. There was actually a study that came out um, late, la- late last year, and it was exactly that topic. And it, it basically said, you know, listen, all this hullabaloo about – you know, um, social networking, making people stay inside and you're avoiding that face-to-face contact, it, it's really, it, it is a bunch of hullabaloo. I mean, the thing is, is that the people who are inside, just as you said, you know, they're going to be, a, they were already recluses. They already like to stay inside and, and not talk to people. And so you put digital tools and they're, they're still going to stay inside. So it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't the social networking that did it. But outside of that, actually, the study showed that it, it, it opened up so many opportunities for connecting. I mean, I know myself, you know, I, I was in the social media space. So you'd have things called, you know, tweet ups where you sort of organize mm-hmm. a physical get together over Twitter and I, really? you know, I always I always remember I'd I'd meet somebody that I'd talk to a couple times on Twitter or on Facebook and you shake their hand and even just that inter in, even in just that initial handshaking is it's right. a lot more it ends up being a lot more meaningful. I know it sounds oh, yeah, cheesy, sure. but it totally is. No, I, I agree, yeah, totally. Yeah. And it, and it's I gotta tell you, you know, you know, since I've been doing the show and and even longer, way before that, before Blog Talk Radio existed, I was writing articles about this exact topic, spotlight on success, is what I called it. And I'll I'll tell you, a lot of the people that I've found, people I've connected with. I mean, I connected with a guy who works at CNN as an editor for Wolf Blitzer. I connected yeah. with a lady who 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 co-wrote the Chicken Soup for the Teen Soul. Um, cool. I mean, I met these people through my cyber village, which I'm just using as a networking tool. And it's working out both as a business networking tool. I mean, pretty much exclusively I use it as a business networking tool. But I'm meeting yeah. people I might otherwise never have met because of my own social network that I use. Um, Cyber Village is, is really basically it's built on the Ning platform, but my kind of marketing twist on it is Cyber Village. And um, I have one up here in Mohawk Valley, Cyber Village, up in upstate New York. I'm building it out to one authors.cybervillage.com. And what I mean, the, the point I'm making is that these are really good networking tools because yeah. people come in there, and when you're posting photos and you're talking to people, it's just same thing as going to a local chamber of commerce meeting. Really, you're meeting new people and you're networking, and it's really a valuable tool. And of course, I use 
got the big ones too. The face, face, the Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Can I stop saying that? I don't think I can. The Facebook and the YouTube and. The <laughs> That's pretty sad. I do use Facebook and YouTube and all and all these other things. And one, some people might not have heard of VodPod.com. You can actually yeah. take videos from like your social network, get the embed code and embed it into VodPod and get more traffic that way. So. I mean, this stuff is all really, and businesses that aren't embracing it are, are going to miss out. Your your family business is going to, they're going to be amazed at what you get done with the networking and the social networking and online stuff. I think they're going to be truly amazed, especially, well, I hope you know, so. first, <laughs> I guess stage one, though, for you would be you got to establish some base metrics and show them what it is or isn't doing now. And then from there, you know, the, the sky's the limit once they start, once they see the traffic through Facebook and all the people that use that stuff. What yeah, is the name of your, I, co- your family business again? Because I don't think we mentioned uh, that yet. Yeah, it's Chris Techwire. And uh, it's right behind the Revere. It's from anybody from Rome, you must know of Revere Copper. Um, it's got the sure. big horse. Um, and we're right on the other side of the parking lot from them. So oh. we're right in that area. And now, um, so let's talk a little bit about, you also have your own business that you're working, I yeah. don't know if you call it, on the side or, or what you call it. You got two, you basically got two companies you're working for. Um, <laughs> and the other one is cause, so you must be busy. You, you probably don't get out much. You probably use the social networking sites and whatnot to keep in touch with people. Well, but I you do. have the other I, one called the other side group, right? Yes, I do. Tell us about how you started that. And how well, um, I had gone to back to graduate school. And so my last, semester there when everyone is sort of throwing out resumes and making interviews and all that stuff I said you know I had I had come from the social the uh, startup world and I had done one internship um, I, I felt I, I should give corporate a shot and so I did that in an internship and it just wasn't my thing so I spent that last spring semester um, really uh, sitting down and developing the bare bones of, you know, what ended up being a consulting firm. Um, it's a, you know, it's not a, it's, I, I'll say right off the bat, it's not a difficult thing to start. It doesn't have a ton mm-hmm. of overhead. Um, right, right, that's And... The one thing that I made a decision on pretty quickly, however, was that I did hire a, I hired a second person right, almost right off the bat. So, you know, which I considered sort of month six. Um, I hired her pretty quickly and um, paid her out of my pocket for several months before, um, you know, before enough money really was coming in. And I really, I am so glad I made that decision because it comes down to, you know, it comes down to scalability at that point. Um, If you've got somebody who can do the client work while I'm still doing business development and that sort of stuff, I could never have done the two together. So, um that's one thing I was really happy about. Other than that, you know, it's a fairly straightforward um, business model. So, you know, I, I wouldn't say it was a huge venture in the startup world. That's certainly, 
seen much more involved ventures. You've got to get funding and you've got to get all that stuff. So, so yeah, we decided right off the bat, we focused on, we considered ourselves a marketing strategy firm um, because we really do find that strategy development is the best recipe for success. And from there, we pretty much exclusively took social media clients. We had a couple of um, brand development clients. We definitely did some branding work and all that stuff. But nice. but we really we love. I mean, we were both tech geeks. We loved it. So we got into the social media sphere pretty quickly. And uh, a couple of our clients, we sort of our relationships developed, and we almost you know we were really part of their marketing team, and that's usually the best situation to be from an outside firm. And, um, yeah, it was great. So now, so now we, I, I, we've scaled down on the number of clients just because of time. But we've sure. still got, you know, we, I, still work on, uh, I still work on some projects. Um, I've got a couple of great clients. And um, it's, I, I, it's great, and I hope to be continuing it. So we are focusing a little bit more on that content production part of it. So we we right. we um we've geared a little bit away from you know doing sort of Twitter and Facebook strategies to really focusing on that overall. You know, let's content. let's more, take all more that. content more yeah. content. Yeah, because people don't realize that. that the importance of content is, is, is content as a Google magnet. And the more content you post, the oh, more yeah. Google comes back. The more Google comes back, the higher your page rank. And the higher well, your page rank, you know, that it all goes, you know, in a big circle. Yeah. Yeah. And the other great so. thing that people don't realize is you, you have content at your fingertips. Like, <laughs> you have so much content internally in a business. Oh, I mean, sure. you have to. That, you know what? Just take it. And it's so e- it's so easy from there, you know. People don't realize how just easy kind of drip it, is. it to the site. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention ways to syndicate stuff in and and, and yep. kind of double your efforts and triple your efforts and yeah, I don't think people really do understand. You know, everybody says I had a business say, oh, I gotta go get a Facebook page, and I said, really? Why? What are you gonna do yeah. with it? How are you going to yeah. market it? What are the phrases you're going after? And they said, I don't know, I don't know, and I don't know, but yeah. i got to have a Facebook page. I said, yeah. okay, and what it, are you going to post today? Yeah. You have no content. If you have content, you need to put it out there in a strategic way. You don't just say, look at me, I have a Facebook page. It, it, it's it's right. kind of absurd. And even some media companies do it to their own peril because they're sending people to Facebook.com, to somebody else's property, to come interact with their news, let's say, let's say news team. I won't mention any local media companies, but I mean, a lot of times, you know, the, they're sending people over to Twitter and Facebook. It's like, guys, let's let's get the stuff. Let's work on sending them to more of your stuff first, because you can. Some of these sites you can do like a, a subdomain, and so you can route them to like, um, you know, Facebook.myurl.com, and you're and you're keeping yeah. at least a good chunk of traffic that you're sending out there. We're we're down to two minutes left of the live show, so I just want to mention a couple of things quick, Kate. Um, okay. It's really exciting news up up here in in New York. We have a company that is going into all of the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted, and they are going into franchise mode. It's a company called Life and Homes. It's at lifeandhomes.com. 
they're our primary sponsor here and it's just really exciting to watch a company and you know Kay, it's exciting to see a business build itself this is literally a, a story where the company started out of their house and they're just about to go into franchise they're in six counties in new york we're looking for national style advertisers if anybody out there can think of anyone send them over lifeandhomes.com it's a print publication but it's very heavily weighted towards online as well so just keep an eye on that they're, they're, they've just started a website that is about their franchising opportunities um, it's a really exciting story and, and I know that there's going to be a lot of people that want to be involved in this business um, it's very duplicatable from one market to the next as well so buddy check that out lifeandhomes.com and of course go to cyberbillage.com you can read some more of my articles I have some of the um, like I say articles about even like I say people who play high school sports um, in the central New York or all over the country really we're not focused on New York we happen to be from New York so we do talk about New York things but a lot of what we talk about can be taken cookie cutter from one business to the next stuff we learn about from Kay here tonight stuff we learn about last week from Andy Kersig from JustAnswer.com you know these people have a lot of information so let's uh, let's work on uh, Get more of that information out. Um, now, 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 also, okay, you have we have about 50 seconds live. So, one thing I wanted to cover because um, I noticed in in your some of the stuff that you sent here to me, some of the notes and stuff, that you have a lot of education, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would only Were consider you like that a, a full-time student for a while. <laughs> What's that? Hey, I would only consider that masochism. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I, if you would probably ask me right out of college if, if you could have paid me to be a full-time student, I would have said, yeah, sign me up. Um, I, I did a couple of years uh, of working, and then I went back to school. I got an MBA from Emory and a Master's of International Relations from Tufts. And by the time I got out of that project, I said, you know what, I'm done. I want to do something with this. And uh, then I was in, then it was back into work mode. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, pro I'm probably it's funny done you at say this that. point. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I was going to ask you, were you pretty much a full-time student for a while there? <laughs> you went <through> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we're we're done with the school part. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Man, that people don't realize though too, and you know what? There's a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs who don't have a a. a official what you would call it an actual you know degree from a college but the fact of the matter is when you're doing business I can tell you personally that if you have business partners that don't have degrees and um, and you go to try to get funding I mean it does affect you I mean you, you really so you know on the one hand I can say yes there's a lot of entrepreneurs who buck the system and they don't get a degree and they go out and they make a million dollars but it's it's always helpful to have the education and the, the formal degree, if you will. Um, but even any kind of schooling you can get, licenses you can get, it's all it's all helpful. So again, I don't want to tell people don't go to school, but there are a lot of entrepreneurs who who do buck the system and they, and they do make their first million without having had a yeah. formal education. But and I'll, I can just summarize that. You want to know what? It's about making a good team because you can't. Uh, any entrepreneur you see, they didn't do it without. For the most part, they didn't do it without other people. So you know what? Right. Just get the right people together, and and to your point, maybe maybe have one with a degree or two. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That that can be pretty critical. You you yeah. gotta see. I just saw I just saw a picture somewhere. If you Google this, if you go to images.google, this is just kind of fun here. And and um, 
Google, like, search for one of the original images of Bill Gates and his first team of people that oh, worked for him. I've oh, seen man. that one. It's awesome. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's so funny. <laughs> I had a guy doing a business presentation. He said, would you trust these guys with, with your credit card? Oh. And so my, my point is that you know, a lot of these guys bucked the system. They were just heavy computer crazy nerds. And you can tell by looking at them all that they spent too much time with a computer. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, everyone on that initial team is a billionaire with a B. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely amazing. That's so funny. <laughs> so I know the exact photo you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I first, maybe you could probably type in images.google.com. Just type yeah. In Bill Gates' first team or Bill Gates' first team. Something I don't know like that. Good. Yeah. And they're, oh, they're just such, oh, I hate to say it, but they're just such uber geeks. <laughs> it's great. They truly were uber geeks, oh. and that was about. You know, and I don't know how many of them had college degrees, but I got to think some of them were still in like high school. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I think Bill, Bill Gates dropped out of college. I believe he did too, yeah. I mean, I mean, he dropped out of Harvard, so it's not like he was not yeah. smart, but... <laughs> right. Um, he was too busy thinking yeah. about computers. Hey. And what are they going to teach him? What could, have, what could a college have taught him at that point in time? He was exactly. building operating systems in the schools were just learning GW basis, you know. Yeah. If you know, if you know what that is, that might yeah. be dating myself. <laughs> well, and then there's Facebook. I mean, basically, um, he didn't have to even graduate. I mean, I think he did, but he made Facebook in college. Oh, yeah, Google. They made Google while they were in college. Yeah. Amazing yeah. stories, these things. Crazy, so... Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, it was a great, great chat. If you, do you have anything else to add? I think I've asked you all my questions. Well, I, I um, think I'm all set. Thank you for having me. This was really, I, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, it was, it's a fun time. We'll have to have you back again soon. And you yeah. know what we'll do? We'll, we'll try to get you back and talk about the updates and some of the cool stuff that you did for your family business. How, how many family members are in that business? Um, it's myself and my dad and my brother. Okay. My brother and I just started at about the same time. So. Oh, okay. okay. And then my kind of going dad, back back to family business sort of a thing. What? And your dad's running it. Yeah, your my dad's dad running dad it. it. Yep. Well, that's so. pretty cool. So hopefully it's not a, uh, you know, hopefully it's there's no um, family tension while you're running a business, but. Hey, if you, you know, when things are good, that's the best time to have family members as your business partners. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and luckily, so, luckily we're all set with family tension. You know, it comes up, we deal with it. Nah. Sometimes it's the, the family's the easiest, easiest people to deal with in that. Yeah, that's true, for sure. And, yeah. and, and you have, how many, um, how many people work at that company? At, uh, that um, company? Your let's company. see, there are... Uh, 11 um, management, and then oh, wow. um, another 21 um, floor workers. Oh, no so kidding. I think wow. 32, yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, good, good luck with that. And like I say, we'll have to touch base with you again soon and uh, get some updates and see some of the cool stuff you're doing for them. I'm sure it's going to generate tons of traffic. And thanks for being on, Kate. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me, Rob. And we'll talk soon. All right, talk again soon. Okay. Okay.
Bye-bye. Bye-bye.